and I'll be up mad early. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gents, kings, queens, things, everyone, and everybody in between. I am Lee from the D. And I'm here. I'm Shay. I don't know. I don't know who I am. It's late, and I've been thinking about a lot of numbers all day. <laughs> Uh, what I'm doing. This is Reality Rewind, um, the show where we talk about TV. Uh, And this week, uh, Siobhan actually picked a very interesting part. All right, all right, all right. Let's, I have to explain why I picked this, okay? So this is a twofold explanation. One, you know I love a crossover, right? But even bigger than that. (laughs) So... I discovered this story doing research for Crime and Wine, right? And we talked about it, talked about this story, I think on the last episode of Crime and Wine, if not the last one, the one before. One of the more recent episodes, they kind of are running together. I think it might've been two weeks ago we talked about this story. Um, So if you want to hear a quick overview, go listen to Crime and Wine. But as I'm talking and I'm like, this story is so intricate and so in-depth and detail, like this platform doesn't afford me the time to go into as much detail about this as I would want to, right? So I was trying to find a way to kind of spend a little bit more time with this story. And then I discovered this docu-series and mm-hmm. I said, this is my way to spend a little more time to really give this story its like due. You know what I'm saying? Because it's very complicated. It was a lot of people involved. It was a lot of people that were severely, severely affected. Yeah. And I didn't want it to be like a flippant quick overview because this is just too, there's too much here to leave it at that. Mm-hmm. So that's why I picked this one. It's um Dr. Death. It's what is doc, the undoctored series? The undoctored, yeah. It's like the undoctored docu series or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a documentary. It's a docu series. It's on Peacock. There's also a movie um that is starring Joshua Jackson. I have not. Oh watched wait. It. Oh, you're talking about the limited series. Is it a series or, yeah, okay, whatever it it's was. It's like a couple of episodes. Yeah, but it's starring Joshua Jackson. I haven't watched it yet. I said I was going to, I just hadn't watched it yet. I wanted to do more of the serious part of it before I watched the dramatization of the situation. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think he'll be able to play, like, do this guy any justice because he's a sensible man. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's not a psychopath, so I don't that, like, know. at all. And, I mean... Somebody maybe, dig up Heath Ledger, because he's the only one who could do it. Maybe Pacey's a great act. Maybe Pacey's a better actor than we give him credit for. Because, I don't know. I don't know you anybody know outside of a Heath Ledger or, like, a... Maybe young Jack Nicholson that could play him. And you don't know a young Jake Gyllenhaal. He don't bathe, so I try not to. <laughs> Wait. Oh, that did come out recently. He this nigga definitely said I brushed my teeth and hit the hot spot. So I said, fuck it. I'm like, 
why do y'all keep telling us y'all don't bathe? Stop like, telling us. We don't us. need to know anything. We don't need that. to know. We already know Ashton Kutcher said if his kid if his kids ain't got stink lines like pink pen, he's not putting them in the tub. Stop telling us this. We don't need to know. <laughs> and that's kind of funny because you know that's just that's what men would do anyway, just in general. They're like, ah, you ain't it's sticky, like you fine. Um, we don't need to know about your bathing habits or lack thereof. Also, I don't know who, maybe I just have low expectations of certain types of people, but I don't know who looked at Jake Gyllenhaal and thought that he didn't smell. Because I've always thought that he looked, he always looked like he smelled to me. That's like if Robert Pattinson said he didn't bathe, I'd be like, that tracks. <laughs> See, I, Jake Gyllenhaal gave me sandalwood and patchouli, which still is I didn't bathe. Right, <laughs> but I at least covered it up with some scented oils. That mm, always gave me. I don't bathe, and I don't oh, wash my college. hair. At least I don't wash my hair. Yeah, I don't wash my hair. Yeah, like my hair's so greasy. I need some powder, that shit. What is it? That uh, shampoo powder. I need to That's wash my hair, and then break it out. Fucking baking yeah. soda. It's like get out of here with this dry shampoo. Why? Why is this here? No. When Taylor Swift said, I wash my hair and then the soap just run down, I said, I don't know. I don't know. No, 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 no. This is not how we... So y'all ain't never, ever felt y'all life slipping away because you had to wash your feet and you started slipping? Nah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I broke the um, towel with like towel rack because <laughs> I almost died because <laughs> you thought she was gonna die you said oh, 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 I, was, oh. I was so bad <laughs> I was so bad I, feel like like I just got bad. out the shower soap on and all I was like I'm done <laughs> I didn't even rinse off just like I'm done scandalous for the rest of the day like I deserve this this is punishment or when you go on vacation and you know, the shower is a little unfamiliar. Cause you know, every shower don't run the same, right? Some of them- Yeah, you burn your ass. So you, not not that you think it's, it's, you think you getting higher than you actually are. You get out and you got soap on your shoulders. Like it's like, oh, yeah. like oh, bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah, I always end up setting myself on fire and it's like, oh no, wrong, wrong. See, I was in the freezing myself because I think that I, in my head, every hot and cold is on the same side. I be forgetting that niggas be switching this shit. Oh, so yeah, I always, end, I turn it all the way to the one side thinking it's going to be hot because I was like, I'll get it super hot and then like temper it from there. I always end up freezing myself. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of things that are hot, um, the block is hot and it's looking for a young man by the name of Christopher Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> The black and the scalpel is hot because everything, <laughs> everything. Um, so as uh, Siobhan was explaining, we are doing Dr. Death, the undoctored uh, documentary series available on Peacock, which you can watch for free. Yes. Um, we'll have more commercials. Uh, and it's about Christopher Dunch, a young man who uh, decides to go on a spree of, I don't even know what to call this. It's not he even was, a murder spree. He was a young neurosurgeon. And young, because he was like 40 and a neurosurgeon, which is very young for a neurosurgeon. Just right. It takes so long to get the degrees you need to get to that point that 40 is young for a neurosurgeon. So he was a young neurosurgeon 
who never learn to operate properly or seemingly basic anatomy. So he went on. Yeah, I don't understand how he I don't understand how he passed anything. There's a we'll get into it. We'll 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 get there because I have a I have a lot to say. Um, as we get through these cases, I have a lot to say. A lot that I couldn't even say on the other podcast, which is why I need to do it on this podcast. I have a lot of shit to say. Uh, but, uh, it's like, so he kind of ended up just maiming and killing everybody. Like, Yeah, it was it, 33 were 30, out of... Um, 38 total 38 surgeries that he did in his... Two were killed. In his 18 months in Dallas over the course of his 18 months practicing in Dallas there were 38 total surgeries 31 of these people were maimed in some way to some degree some more severe than others and two of them died yeah including his best friend who he made a quadriplegic and the interesting thing is is that's actually very, very early on, far earlier than I would have expected it to. It was one of the first. Yeah, it was one of the first couple surgeries. Like, honestly, let's get into it because that that's a big part of my rant, my diatribe that I have planned. Well, in um, 2010, um, before that, he was at the University of Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, playing football, he decided to make a career shift into medicine. Because and he changed schools and he couldn't get on the football team at the new school. When he went to, when he changed schools to go to University of Memphis, he couldn't get on the team because he missed the cutoff and he wasn't that good. Well, he ends up um, in 2010 completing his MD, PhD program not only that, but apparently also a, a neurosurgery residency, which I find laughable, um, as well as a spine fellowship program, all under the umbrella of University of Tennessee Health Science Center. Yes. Now, as I know people who've gone to this school, this is an incredibly prestigious school. Like This school is like fantastic, right? So it is something to be said about the failure of oversight that he made it through not just one but three programs simultaneously got degreed in them after participating in less than 100 surgeries yes like that is insane when you think about the lack of oversight but this is you know it's there's i mean We've been seeing time and time again the failings in higher education in this country with the college admission scandal, with all these other things. And honestly, he was bringing money to the university. So, of course, they turn, you know, they turn the other cheek because at the end of the day, it's still a business. Yeah, and that's and, the that's what gets echoed throughout all of. Yeah, that's a running theme. All of these, like, cases. it's very much a running theme throughout. You definitely see the business this aspect of it. Yeah, um, he was also provided essentially, like, from well, from at least from medical training, um, the the consistent failing of upwards. Yeah, um, he filled up a lot. Yeah, 
Big time, like big time. Well, after um, his, after he finished about half of his PhD program, um, he decided he was going to begin investing in like biotech startups. Mm-hmm. Um, however, <coughs> as many biotech startups come and go, his also went as well. He ended up in $500,000 of debt. Because biotech also, companies don't make no money. No. They almost never make money until they like stumble on something. Because mm-hmm. think about... You also have to have the, the right connections to, to be yeah to be but if you think about a company like moderna right moderna had didn't make any money until this covid vaccine which is funny because which is funny because pfizer was definitely the like leader in i want to say it was pfizer and johnson and johnson it's like maybe. pfizer didn't make any money until the insulin yeah, it was oh. insulin. The um, they developed the first like at home insulin shots. That's when they, they also are like leader in uh, AIDS and HIV. Um, yeah, it was insulin and prep. That's when yeah. they started making money. But that's just been in the last ten years, I guess, or twenty, maybe twenty. I don't exactly know. But it's like these companies were in business for so long before they make money because biotech companies do not make money not really because they spend so much time researching stuff they it just doesn't they were like the leader in the mrna vaccinations she's been working on this since like the 80s come on kiki no not kiki <laughs> oh, no, Kiki, I'm sorry. I got, I'm, I'm stoned. Kiki is the vaccine. Yeah. But the lady who was really the, like, the developer, the forerunner, the, you know, like the godmother of mRNA vaccines has been working on it since the 80s. She didn't, she got fired from three different jobs because they was like, bitch, you're not bringing in no grants. You're not getting no money. You're not, you're nothing. So, she spent 40 years not making a dime and just now started making money with this COVID vaccine. Jesus. Yeah. That sounds, I mean, honestly, that sounds about right. It does. <laughs> um, well, since he had accrued about um, half a meal in debt, he decided to make another pivot in his life and to go into neurosurgery, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because it was extremely lucrative. Yeah. Um, he applied for work. Um, he seemed extremely qualified on paper. There were no hits against his record when they uh, tried to pull, up, pull him up in the his national physicians and doctors databases. It's MPDB. You can look it up, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, so he ends up getting a job um, at Baylor Plano. Also, something I'm sorry, something important too. The same time that he was in debt, he had met a young lady by the name of Wendy at a local bar. They had sex one night and she got pregnant. Yeah. So not only was he $500 in debt, but he also, as well, has a baby on the way with a woman he barely knows. Yes. That he doesn't know. Like. Yeah, that's that's not even barely. That's, that's like he dumb. doesn't know at he all. He doesn't know her. He doesn't know her. She said, he said, sorry to this woman. 
I ain't never met this woman. I've never met this lady before in my life. (laughs) Sorry to this lady. (laughs) Um, So he he's looking for like uh, he's looking for jobs and begins to submit applications. He comes up with the idea of possibly moving to Dallas. And Wendy was like, yeah, let's do it. I'm actually from Dallas. So they decide to pack Mm -hmm. up and go. They also bring his best friend, Jerry Summers, along with him. Yeah. Um, Jerry's like, yeah, I'm down, nigga. Let's go. Let's go. Let's ride out. So he ends up getting a job at Baylor Plano. Uh, And this is where the beginning. Anybody who doesn't know anything about Texas and the Dallas area and their medical, Baylor Plano is like the girl. Like, that's the hospital they all want to get to. Like, that is the girl. Well, she that's tried. Like, <laughs> that's like getting into one of the, like, university hospitals in any other city. Like, Baylor Plano is the girl. So for him to finesse his way in there just tells you, one, that he's tall, white, and got a lot of hair, because that equals com- charisma. But also... <laughs> how right how like accomplished he appeared on paper that was the thing too is he from face value he appeared to be um he appeared to be a one and that was the only thing that i didn't fought baylor plano for that was the only thing the only thing is when you're hiring somebody you only got their resume to go by Right. If you can't find nothing negative, nothing to counteract this resume, that's all you got to go by. And he didn't lie no. on his resume. He did all that shit. He just didn't tell y'all he didn't do the shit well. Or at all. He, it just, they were, he, it was I mean, just pres- assumed that he did it. Look, he got the certifications that said he did it. That's what I'm saying. People started failing long before he got in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way he should have even got out of a residency program. He shouldn't have gotten into surgery. med school. He shouldn't have gotten into med school. I mean, getting into med school is just a matter of having the grades to get in, right? Yeah. That, but he but also having the work out. ethic to keep up. He shouldn't have gotten out of med school because fuck the exams. What are your clinic hours looking like? What are and you surgery? Like based on what they say, like I, I just I can't believe that he took. I can't believe he took any of these exams. I, I believe he did. Just and the reason why I believe he did is because he. It's like he knew the information in theory, right? He just didn't know how to do it. Like, cause we all know shit in theory. Like in theory, I can sit and talk you through how to change brakes on a car. I can talk you through it because in like theoretically, I know how to do it because I've read the manuals. You know what I'm saying? Like I, mm-hmm. I can see now physically. Can I do it? Probably not. I've never tried, but <laughs> I also don't know that I can do it in practice because a lot of us know things in theory and like theoretically we know how to do it but when it comes to actually physically doing it we can't do that and I think that's what this was I think he I do believe he took those exams I do believe he earned those grades because I believe that he was smart enough to 
memorize the information in front of him. Therefore, theoretically, he had the knowledge. He just never did the hours of practice that it takes to turn that knowledge from theoretical to actual physical knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I can get that. Um, I just, I just think this nigga, I think the basics are just missing. Because even in knowing, like, even being I know able basic to theoretically anatomy. do in it. theory, I can do surgery. Because I know basic anatomy. I know yeah, where it goes. That's the thing. It's like, lines up. you can look and see, like, if you know basic anatomy. That's what I'm like, saying. In theory, oh, yeah. I, I should surgery. probably not cut this artery. Yeah. We are by the neck. There is, I know there's one there. I know there's stuff Let me there. be careful. You know what I but mean? That's just it. Like, like he didn't even do that. <laughs> but that's what I, just listening to him talk, even when they Here's like play the, the police interviews and stuff, it it's clear that he has the theoretical knowledge. He yeah. knows where shit is. He just don't know what shit looks like. Yeah. Which is why just, in practice he can't he can't do it because knowing where it is and knowing what you're looking for are two totally different things. See, I, I related more to like he overheard a conversation about people in uh who were in medical school at a pizza place. And <laughs> he, he pulled that same shit like that nigga taking notes from the man students next to him. <laughs> right. You remember that little that 18-year-old black boy in, in I think it was Florida? Yes. Yeah, he pulled some shit like that. <laughs> but he another one in theory, but no, because he was better because he was actually down there doing surgery on people's booty holes. He was actually doing the shit. Yes. I didn't <laughs> think he got as far as surgery. He was actually down there doing surgery on people's booty holes. He was doing it. Okay, you niggas have got to stop using Yelp and Google review to find <laughs> your surgeon. <laughs> like, come on now. Okay. Um, I mean, he was doing it, but again, that's another one. Cause in like, in theory, I can tell you what's wrong with you. Can I fix it? Nah. Am I qualified? Can we fix it? No, we can't. I can be like, look, bitch, yo, L4, L5, they out of alignment, ho. Y'all gotta go get the shit, you know, go get the, I cannot fix it? Nah. I can tell you, you got pressure on your disc though. Cause I know what, like, I know the symptoms. And I know basic anatomy, so I can, you know, I can feel where some shit is off because I know what it's supposed to feel like, but I can't fix it for you and I'm not going to try. And that's where he should have stopped. He should have stopped when thing. it came to actually trying to fix it. He, he should have just stopped, period. Um, <laughs> so we now get to his very first victim, um, Kenneth Fennell. Um, yeah. He ended up leaving after the first surgery with chronic pain after mm-hmm. Christopher Dunst operated on his wrong, the wrong part of his back. Yes. Um, totally due to the pain. Part. Like not even in the ball, not even. just to where he needed to be. Um, due to the pain, he ends up going back to a set for a second mm-hmm. operation for uh, Christopher Dunst to help relieve it. And he ends up paralyzed from and the legs down. Um, and after, on an extreme amount of medication, and he already that is also had a, a running thing opiate too. addiction. Like, so he had to take even more because he was already overcoming an addiction to opiates. Yeah, he um, he 
over prescribes in the most egregious way and yeah. it was in a way that i don't understand how this wasn't flagged from uh, from the very beginning like he had them in there popping pills like dr house just right. <laughs> like it's like you mean to tell me there's no like medical oversight in these hospitals on the way that medication is dispensed like i know there is because there it is. affects the way that it, it affects that shit when it comes down to finances but it didn't affect this in the in the way of or in the context of like over oversubscribing yeah, this is where see this is the first place where I say that this is the this is why I don't think hospitals should be privately owned. No. Because when you threaten a hospital with any type of legal action, especially when you're known to be litigious like Christopher Dunch was. They, if it's something that could potentially cost them more than whatever their insurance cap is, which Baylor Plano was two hundred and fifty thousand, because that's the legal minimum in Texas, is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars from um, malpractice coverage. Yeah, that's the cap. Yeah, that's the pay so cap. When it's when it's something that is going to take you over your cap for your coverage, they tend to turn the other way or they tend to back off. And that happened a lot in his cases where it was like they had reasonable ground to stand on. And yeah, more than. Right, for fear of being sued. They made an economical decision. They did. They made an economical decision. decision about health care. Well, and as opposed to an ethical decision. As, exactly. Now, granted, I know, and I know some of y'all going to say this and, you know, Ethics is a gray area, right? Because ethics and morality are 100% shaped by your particular perspective, your experiences, your all of those things. And I get that. But there, I'm not, there is a universal standard of care. Yeah, but ethics even attached out, to that, like, there is a universal ethics. standard of care. That's what I mean by ethical. I mean, like medical ethics, like the, the code right. that they actually are supposed to. Right. Like there's still medical. some level of controls when you're talking about medical care and surgery, yeah. because you're literally you're putting your life in these people's hands. Mm -hmm. There's an expectation that they don't make you worse than when yeah. you came in the room. And it was it's just it's just a basic violation of every like every Hippocratic every belief and every trust that we placed in in a medical and in, in the medical system yeah um well kenneth is actually left paralyzed um he ends up going to uh rehab um and develops after a few months of that the ability to at least walk with a cane but he can't walk or stand for longer than a few minutes without having to sit down again um the kicker too for me was like the second victim, the medical examiner. Yeah. Which was like, how, like, you're what? You're a medical, what? Yeah. You're a Collin County, like, you're, you're a, a county official, and this happened to you. And is, the Texas and Medical Board was just like, what up? Because then you go into the failure of the Texas Medical Board, right? Right. Because even though, because of because of the way that the malpractice laws are written in this country 
Baylor Plano never legally had to report him because they didn't suspend and or fire him, right? That was the thing that they kept talking about. Yeah. So they never legally had to report him. So legally, Baylor Plano didn't do anything wrong. But when you think about the fact that the second, the second, number two person that he operated on was the county medical examiner who he left worse than when they came in and nothing was done. Yeah, he misplaced hardware in his spine, yeah. um, placed screws in incorrect locations in the spine. He stripped the threads of the screws. Mm -hmm. so, they couldn't so it was hard to out. take out. Literally stripped the screws. They could not take them out without doing further damage. Yeah. He, he and he he put them in a position in the back where if they were even even since they the screws were already like the threat was already there if they were trying to take them out which would require more force that um, Lee Passmore would end up bleeding the fuck out and dying yeah <laughs> like this nigga is like trash but that also and then it's like when you think about the value placed on patient complaints and discomfort because mm -hmm. we've all had experiences in the medical industry where it's like you're not listening to what i'm saying to you right you know you're not taking care of me in the way that you should be we've all had those experiences because when you think about like you can't really report your doctor to the medical board because they're not going to think of they're not going to pay no attention to it if it don't come from a hospital administrator they don't really pay attention to it even yeah. other doctors reporting doctors to the medical board aren't necessarily taken seriously. Yeah, you had both doctors and nurses in this. Um, yeah, it's like there were man. so many people saying like, yo, he's fucking people up and nobody paid attention. Nobody listened. Nobody gave a fuck. Yeah. Um, the vascular surgeon, Mark Hoyle, who... Um, assisted in this specific operation with him. Um, he was talking about how like, hey, like you're, you're like this is, he's bleeding out, like what the fuck? And uh, Christopher d d uh, Dunched, Dunched, Christopher yeah. Dunched willingly ignored it. I almost called him Dutch. Uh, Christopher Dunched just willingly ignored it. And also, they got into like, it. To he the didn't point where they like other fight. doctors in his surgeries. No. Which is wild because most neurosurgeons, when they have to do anything that's not on the head, because, you know, neurosurgeons do like brain and spine, right? Mm -hmm. But most neurosurgeons spend most of their training doing surgeries on the head and on the upper part of the spine, like in the neck and the, you know. So when you get to those mid back lower back spinal surgeries they tend to have a vascular surgeon in there because nine out of ten they haven't done it enough to feel comfortable going at it by themselves yeah um that that makes sense that definitely makes sense um i was thinking more of a, a liability but even then it as well we'll get into it mm -hmm. <laughs> um yeah, but him and this vascular surgeon gets like a screaming match. 
because he doesn't want to listen to the fact that they're like yo you're fucking up well he actually ends up like like kind of holding them down and tells them to his face like yo you're fucking dangerous yeah um and he tells the other surgeons like yo don't scrub in with this dude like yeah like he tells you like no he tells other surgeons and nurses don't do it stay away from this nigga don't don't do it well now we finally reach the third victim who is actually um the first victim that we actually truly see and get to hear tell mm-hmm. his own story um barry morgul morgulov morgulov yes. barry morgulov yes um he ended up with bone fragments left in the spinal canal after mm-hmm. Christopher Dunst tried to pull a damaged disc from his back yes. uh, with a grabbing tool. Tried to pull the disc out steps. of his back. He used he essentially used forceps to try to yank this disc out. That is insane. Like but what now, Mortal Kombat. This action. is victim number three. Yeah. And we're only a month, less than a month in. Yeah, we're not even a full month in at this point. Not even a full month in. You know what? We might be like week three. This might be the beginning of week I was going to say, I think it's like the third week. Yeah. Because he ends up being there for a total of, I think, three Three months months at Baylor Plano. Yeah. Yeah. Three months at Baylor Plano. And one month spent on suspension. At the next hospital. And then I think a week at the spinal center after that. Seeing this man, and especially when he um, when he talks about already having issues with uh, already having substance abuse issues, mm-hmm. and his wife recanting um, Christopher Dunch coming to her and saying, "Yeah, you know, I understand your husband's in pain right now, but you know he's over dramatizing it because you know that's just how addicts are." Yep. He used this man's substance abuse to justify his malpractice. Yes. And this man ends up losing most of the function of his left side. And for In a while, the midst of all this, Christopher Dunn starts sleeping with his nurse. Yeah. And the nurse, who's also, I know people try to paint her like a victim. She's not a victim to me. I feel like she's just as guilty because. Christopher Dunch also had a drug and alcohol problem. This nurse found a like a handle of vodka under his desk and got rid of it without reporting it. She found coke in his desk and got rid of it without reporting it. She found coke in a patient bathroom that he had been using and got rid of it without reporting it. So she's just as culpable as everyone else here. I feel like she was culpable long before finding any of the drugs. When you see seeing his like erratic behavior, and you don't report it because you're sleeping with him, and not just that, but seeing like his techniques and how in which he operates in that space, you know something's not right. And you're sleeping with him in his office in clinic. And yeah. calling it dates. Like, this is, this is wild. <laughs> well, um, 
Morgulov uh, eventually lost the function on his left side, ended up having to be in a wheelchair. Um, and Dr. Kirby is the name you're going to hear throughout the rest of this. Yeah. Um, Dr. Kirby assisted with the surgery, and he remembers that Christopher continued to make mistakes. Um, even after like having the correct, correct like spaces, anatomies, and whatnot pointed mm-hmm. out to him, um, Murgulov later said that he walked out, um, walked out on a follow up visit with Christopher Dunch when it when it was clear that the nigga was like fucked up. Yeah, and he was he was fucked up the entire time. Yeah, like very very fucked up. Like, yeah. Uh, now we've gotten to his fourth victim who ends up being like his best friend, yeah. which was a cackle. Um, Jerry, they had been friends since high school. They lost touch um, somewhere about uh, Christopher going off to college, but when he came back to Tennessee, uh, they ended up striking a friendship back up again. Jerry, what was Jerry? Was it a motorcycle accident or a car accident? He was in a car accident, I believe. Um, Jerry was in a car accident and was left with some pressure and pain in the upper neck area, um, which is which is common. It's common, like it's a it's a common thing that after a car accident, depending on how hard you're hit, sometimes you will end up with this lifelong like twinge of pain in the neck. Mm-hmm. Um, in hopes of getting some relief, he went to his friend Christopher, believing in him and his, his capability, feeling nothing more than comfortable, still afraid, but comfortable. Um, during the operation, Christopher removed a fuck ton of muscle tissue from this man's neck. He decapitated this man, essentially. Yeah. 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 They talk about um, the inability to move Jerry's head because every time they did, it raised his blood pressure. Yeah. Um, and it, it ended up, and he, after he ended up surgery, making his best friend was, a quadriplegic. Yeah, after surgery, his, his neck was literally so unstable. He could not stand up. If he, he couldn't, they couldn't sit him up. No. Because it would literally, like his heart would stop because his head would fall back and like crush that vein that would go to his heart um this also becomes the first time where we begin to hear jerry's like lies and webs that he continues to spin as far as excuses yeah um this time because he's still blaming a a black woman he's still in a way defending him like he's still trying to still to this day in this wheelchair that is specially made to like hold his head in a certain way so that his heart still beats mm-hmm. it's like he's still defending him he no he didn't really defend him in this and so not in this so okay i i'm kind of i'm coming because i've been very very deep into this case so in this he didn't right yeah but there is another podcast that talked about this called Dr. Death that I have been listening to. And when it was very clear that that podcast was done before this docu-series, because yeah, of that it's podcast, all done by Wonderly. A yeah. Wonderly. Wonderly. Yeah. But which is the network that I'm trying to get on. So if anybody listening, hey yeah. But uh <laughs> in that podcast, he was still defending him. I think 
not I think I know when I watched this docuseries this is the first time where you saw any type of vitriol towards Chris from Jerry I, I mean and everybody's process is different and I get that and I respect that and it's like you because people want people to be the person that they know right yeah you want to believe the version of the person that you know is who they are and he's it's like jerry has gone through a very strange process after what chris did to him because he spent years not putting any fault on chris at all and he would, and then he went through this stage where he was so angry, but because he never put any of the fault or blame at Chris's feet, that he would take it out on everybody else around him. He had a girlfriend who was a mutual friend of his and Chris's, and like they had known for a long time. She was his girlfriend at the time of the surgery. And you know, Chris promised her everything would be cool, his routine, like he does everybody else. Comes out, he's paralyzed, all this. She tried to be there to take care of him. And he took all this anger that should have been directed at Chris for doing what he did and like directed it at her. So he started to kind of use his wheelchair as like a battering ram. And he would like purposely like run into her at like full speed right legitimately like hurting her and it wasn't just her it was like other people too but she was the main cause and it got to where she like I can't do this shit anymore and she left that's that's how oftentimes these kind of situations that's how they end up being yeah but it's like this docu-series and it was weird because <laughs> you could not keep laughing at this. Like you can't. <laughs> He's like, boo, bitch, get out the way. Essentially. Essentially. <laughs> that's literally what he's doing. But it's like that listening to him talk was a little strange for me because this is the first time where I heard him place the blame where it should be. And okay. it was a little weird for me to reconcile because all these other times I had heard levels of excusing what he did. And even so he still was a little bit of the apologist because, you know, he told everybody like, oh no, we was doing coke off stripper cities the night before. And, and then he's like, just playing y'all, we wasn't doing that. But y'all probably really was because Jerry was a drug dealer and Chris was a coke addict. Like, y'all yeah. probably really was doing that. Um, so after the, like, in the midst of the surgery, he ends up losing what is tantamount to about a fifth of uh, blood volume. Um, and to put that into perspective, in this type of surgery, you should lose at max 50 milliliters. This was like 1,300 milliliters. Yeah, it was 1,200 milliliters of blood. Yeah. Um, he ends up paralyzed because <laughs> he has no neck. Because he uh, has no neck, yeah. Everyone that took part in the uh, surgery expected to go back in for revisions. Christopher refused. 
And that's when uh, Jerry Summers began talking about, well, he needs to bring his ass down here because we were doing blow and shit last night. Um, he does end up saying that, no, that wasn't true. And Christopher Dunch ends up taking a drug test and passing it and was clear to four days later and coke gets out your system in like three days yeah depending upon i believe it's depending upon the fact the fat content yeah the The fat content and how much you do but three to five days the coke is out your system so if he (laughs) takes the drug test four days later you're probably not gonna find any coke in his system that's just well, he ends up passing the drug test, but the same officials ask him to limit himself to um, minor surgeries, mm-hmm. which was bullshit. It's stupid. Because it should have been no surgery whatsoever pending the investigation, a full investigation, not just a four-day-old drug test. Well, Because it should have been multiple drug tests, not just one, and there should have been an actual full investigation. Yeah, no, there should have been, it should have been a hair test. It should have been a piss test. Yes. Um, but in during his neck surgery, which actually is a minor surgery, he ends up killing a woman. <laughs> no one cares. Nobody cares. Like nobody. The medical industry in this country is fucked. Like it's so fucked. Yeah, he was doing. Um, he ended up uh, nicking this woman's spine. During a minor back operation, a woman's name was Kelly Martin. I think Nickin is an understatement. He like he cut he that severed bitch. it. He yeah, like he through. didn't nick shit. He severed that bitch. He severed like a major artery. This nigga is like this nigga is insane. Um, Christopher Dunch continued the operation despite the sign. Clear and he's very much like just get more sponges. So like it's like what the fuck is happening right now like are you fucking serious like yeah he kept he even like even after that he still refused to like end surgery and close her up and because of other colleagues anesthesiologists yeah warned him about this because of where he cut it's like he couldn't even see most of the blood so she's literally bleeding out he has no fucking idea because he does not know what the fuck he's doing even if he did see the blood, he he, he would have kept going. Would have acknowledged as we saw with Jerry. Yeah, but he, he would have been like, "Oh, no can't reason. feel it." <laughs> there's no reason he should have even been able to scrub into the room to operate on Kelly Martin. Had they yeah, actually yeah. done, had they actually chose patience over profit when it came to Jerry Summers. Mm-hmm. There's no. He should have never been in the room to even do an operation on Kelly Martin. Well, Kelly Martin ends up um, coming out the surgery with massive amounts of blood loss. Mm-hmm. Um, her daughter was talking about how Jerry, not Jerry, um, Christopher Dunch kept coming in and out the operating room, um, seemingly keeping the family updated. All the while, she's been moved to ICU. But also, um, if your doctor keeps breaking scrub to come talk to you, I'm concerned. Because yeah. one, this is an operation y'all told me was supposed to take an hour to max. Why do you have to keep coming? Like, what the fuck's the deal? You, they were in there for, what, five, six hours? Yeah, and it was doctor, only supposed to be an hour-long surgery. This doctor broke scrub multiple times. 
her by her broke scrub meaning like broke left the sanitary time. conditions of the operation room took right. off his garments had to go right. back in had to re-clean him so seemingly re-clean himself clean himself um which is more time and more time yeah. that the body is open the harder it is for you um, which is like why is the and that should have been their first concern but i understand if people don't get that because y'all are not because you know you're not medically trained professionals but there's no reason a surgeon first of all your surgeon should never ever 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 leave the room with a person the open on the table. no and you definitely shouldn't be leaving the room to update nobody in the middle of surgery no like if the family's looking for updates they can talk to the nurse there's a that's, reason why there's the a whole charge. point there's a front desk so that information can be disseminated up until it is necessary for, you for the to doctor come to come out and have a conversation mm -hmm. because the doctor shouldn't that would be like if you're giving birth and you're literally mid push and your OB was like, oh, let me go out here and talk to your niggas right quick. Like, what are you stupid? Mm -hmm. No, like you finish this because this is more important than telling them whatever the fuck you're going to tell them. Well, he didn't want it. He was talk busy spending too much time talking to the family instead of talking to the people in the ICU. Mm -hmm. So that ends up actually hampering the efforts in order to try and save Kelly Martin. Because after um, he sold her up, he just became completely like incommunicado. Like he just didn't talk to no fucking body. No. And he at all. not be the attending physician and her actual surgeon and just say, fuck y'all, I'm not answering the phone. Like, are you, what? When Kelly ended up um, coming to, she came to screaming, clawing at her legs. And the ICU team ended up putting her back under. Dunch stayed out of the room and sat at a computer typing up his notes. Yeah. Instead of fixing the mess he started. He even after she died, even after she coded. And she ended He's up leaving. Still that. never looking at the family, never nothing. No, there, there is no, there's no response. There's no taking of any level of responsibility from any um, entity involved in this story at all. And by entity, I mean Christopher Dunch himself. Um, the there's a few physicians who are trying to get him stopped, but most of the physicians aren't. Um, the CEOs of the of the hospital, all the middle middle management people. Um, there's just no taking of responsibility in any way, shape, or fashion. So what they end up doing is essentially uh, coming to an agreement that he will that his privileges, excuse me, are going to be revoked, and he's voluntarily going to resign. And that way, Baylor will not um, report him to the NPDB, so he won't have that hit on his record. He'll still be able to practice. Um, and he did this instead of, like we were talking about earlier, the prospect of like paying Christopher Dunch out in millions because of a suit where, you know, young, yeah. aspiring, intelligent neurosurgeon gets booted for no real reason, bullshit, wrongful termination, essentially. So the math that they did, and this was like, this kind of blew my mind because one, I 
I knew neurosurgery is lucrative. I did not know it was this lucrative, but it's also like, so they were saying if Baylor Plano was to fire him and the mark went on to his record, which essentially could make him totally unhirable anywhere else, right? And he decided to file a wrongful termination suit because most courts tend to side with doctors because when you're in an operating room, it's hard for the average person to distinguish what's criminal and what's like what's malpractice and what's just standard procedure in the opera, like like what's just the risk in the operating room, right? Right. Because there is a risk associated with having surgery. So it's hard for the, the lay person to distinguish malpractice and calculated risk. So more often than not, these suits tend to go in favor of the doctor, right? So if they were to fire him and he decided to sue, because as a neurosurgeon at 40 years old, at the beginning of his career, his career could last conservatively 20 to 25 more years, right? Because most people, you know, you can be doing surgery well into your 60s if you still have all your faculties. So you take that and the fact that conservatively, he, he's making a million dollars a year. This could, they could be coming out of 25, $50 million. Mm-hmm. They're not going to take that kind of risk. So they don't report him and they let him resign with no marks and it go, you know, and he's free to go to the next hospital and fuck the next group of people up if he wants to. Like this is just, because again, profits are put over patients. Right. Again. And keep in mind too that all of this is occurring between july of 2011 and the fall of 2011 yeah so six different people have been essentially butchered on yes literally table they've been butchered on this table Mm -hmm. and at the hands of this man and in in the same facility and i know Uh, the beginning we said 18 months practicing in the Dallas area, that doesn't mean 18 months of actively working. That means 18 months that he was licensed to practice medicine in the Dallas area because he wasn't actively working those entire 18 months. Yeah. 33 people that he killed and or maimed did not happen over 18 months. This happened over a course of about six months. That yeah, um, he it was a co- over a course of about six months, and it took two roughly about two and a half years for his medical license to yeah effectively to finally be suspended to be completely and totally where he can't get privileges any fucking where yeah. Well, he ends up um, leaving the Baylor Baylor facility uh willingly and finding a new home to wreak his havoc and that was the dallas medical center yes um that was roughly about a year after he had already started at baylor and all mm-hmm. all of that shit the gentleman was given <clears throat> three three surgeries over the course of three days 
in an attempt to um, essentially prove his worth. So what it was, was Dallas Medical Center was a facility that was actually uh, low on funds and having someone- It was a low funded, because it was a mid-tier facility. Mm-hmm. So it was low it was, yep. and having this decorated quote unquote y'all can't see maybe if we use that clip you'll see my air quotes but um this quote unquote decorated neurosurgeon that was a huge get for them right they saw this as like this is like a coup you know this is going to bring the coins the girls are going to start to come here I know at some point they became University Medical Center, even though they were not officially officially affiliated with the university. They right. did become University Medical Center at some point, but like this was because for a struggling pub, because they they were the public health option, right? They're the no University have University Medical Center was oh no was that Southampton. Was it Southampton that became university? I'm sorry. I think I'm so. Confused. I've been reading a lot of shit about this case. Okay, so excuse me, Southampton. That's a later hospital that becomes university. But um, like Dallas Medical was like that's the public health option, right? That's yeah. the one that all the girls with like Medicare and shit go to. That's not a private hospital. That's not the top tier girl. That's not the one with all the bells and whistles right so because they're literally working on whatever these public fundings and whatever bills get paid in that center because you know when you're dealing with the public health centers you run the risk of having a lot of unpaid medical bills that's just how it goes so to get this highly highly educated neurosurgeon that was a huge thing for them Bitch, I know you heard this nigga riding around blasting fucking jazz. No. It was I, it's it's there's a storm happening here. It's like torrential downpour happening here. I don't hear shit. This nigga's blasting smooth fucking jazz. I felt like I was in the car. It was loud. I mean, at least it ain't Damn. Lionel Richie or whatever the fuck it was, the other Billy Ocean. <laughs> Billy Ocean. <laughs> out of my dreams and into my car. <laughs> Maybe I feel like that's the same nigga though. Like it's I essentially Lionel Richie and Billy Ocean are just like the light. They're like no, I Barbie feel like that's the same the the nigga. Barbie that was just, name? I feel like the nigga that was just blasting jazz is the same nigga that was blasting. Oh Billy Ocean. yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what? For both of them, same, same but different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, he ends up getting granted temporary privileges at Dallas Medical um, Center. While and they still so investigate let's his pull over full stop. He was given three surgeries over yep. three days on temporary privileges, privileges. while that was they investigated the stipulations his of his privileges. That was the thing, too. So it's yeah. like now y'all just letting him go in and do granted, these are supposed to supposedly three very simple surgeries, but on temper. I'm not like, I don't like even in the retail world, you ain't allowed to even get on the cash on the cash register in the first damn three days because we ain't fully trained you yet. Yeah. So the fact that y'all are still doing investigations, he only has temporary privilege, but it's like, go cut a bitch open. Like, what the fuck? And oh, so 
they said the reason was because Dallas Medical Center, like you were saying, was at mid-tier and somebody leaving Blair, Baylor, Plano, coming would be like a great grab. However, he had only been there three months. Right. He wasn't there long enough and for y'all to say that why. he has the reputation to justify this. That's the thing. It's like, oh, you see that he came from this top facility and he only lasted there for three months. Right. You wonder why, whether he left, whether he, whatever the reason, there's questions that needs to be asked because medicine, just like anybody else, it's a small arena. It's a it is. small field. Just and like they actually, the, during this show that too. Yeah. Cause it's like, just like all the bartenders know all the bartenders Yeah, and you know, the good ones, you know, the shitty ones, everybody, that's just how industries work. The doctors know each other. And the fact that y'all brought him here from what is the top tier hospital in your area, nobody knows shit about him. Mm-hmm. And y'all still like, oh, but this is great. Like we, this is, we didn't got the score. We didn't got, this is the Beyonce of neurosurgery. It's like, y'all don't know him. Nobody knows him. And mm-hmm. that should be enough to tell you, maybe we'll bring him in in a consulting role before granting him privileges to operate while we figure this out there is a um a very specific term for for that for doing something with that i'm I'm trying to think what it is i mean the stage he needed to stage yeah but it's like this happens in a lot of industries here in this country because all of our industries are 100% based on capitalism, whether it's healthcare, education, or whatever the other case. So it's very much, it's almost always a case of past the limit. Mm-hmm. Everybody kicks the can down the street because they don't want to be the one to pick it up and throw it away. Well, in the midst of his reign of two. In the midst of his reign of terror. Oh my God, I hate niggas and I wish they'd go and go home. I was say, you hearing loud ass music and I got like fruit flies because of the plants. Like it's... Okay. In the midst of his three-day um, reign of terror at <laughs> Dallas Medical Center, uh, his first surgery goes um, better than expected. She was still left with chronic pain. Yeah, she but she was alive all her functions right she was able to walk right um, which is second surgery was with floella brown who i swore was gonna be black i thought she was too i was confused then i was like this is the south so yeah that's yeah Thank it you. is sexist and I then we had mary Euclid, who was um unfortunately left paralyzed uh, order of events is as follows. Like I said, the first surgery, the woman came out with chronic pain, but could still walk, had to have some reconstructive surgery done, and she was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Christopher Dunch ended up going into Floella, uh, severing an artery, packed it with too much of a, like a, a, like a, was it a sponge? It was something to help stop the bleeding. So um, it was like. Oh, and he also took the drain out too. Yeah. So he like pressure building. He packed it with. So it's like this, like dissolvable gauze, like it's like a gauze foam. Okay. That makes any sense. I've seen it. I've never. 
he basically put fix a flat in this bitch and it didn't work um she ended up having she ended up being brain dead in the long run which he problem was he well with with floella he pulled her out she, he sent her to the room. She was unresponsive when the husband came to visit, but the husband didn't think anything about it, which I wouldn't have thought anything about it either. It's like, you just got out of surgery. Okay, I'll come back tomorrow. And we'll come and check on you. Everything's right. good. Like, you just got surgery. Shit is swollen and everything. It was back. It was surgery in your spine. It makes sense for you to be in pain and shit to be swollen. And maybe you don't necessarily wake up right away. Like, all that makes sense. Yeah. Well, what ended up happening was she suffered a stroke and he decided not to respond to the messages the next day. And go um, to another fucking surgery. The next day he showed up late. Mm -hmm. In the same scrubs as the day before. For the last two days. Yeah. Um, Because he had a hole on the the ass of his He wasn't wearing underwear. And he wasn't wearing no drawers. So the nurse definitely noticed. And it was also very clear. And this is where this is where I fought the hospital because they said it was clear he was on something. Yeah. And the hospital was just like, eh. And it was brought to their attention. It was brought to their attention. His attending nurse was like, oh, the fuck? No, we're not doing this. Right. And brought it to everybody's attention. He went and got the like dean of medicine. He yes. And it's like nobody tells him no. Like that's the thing. Nobody told this nigga no at any point. Well, nobody did. Even when he decided that, hey, I'm done with Floella. I'm ready to go play and marry now. Right. Like, like I don't nobody know. Nobody told him boring. no. I'm not gonna be over there anymore. And he ends up actually like they go, they're working on Floella. He ends up spazzing the fuck out um, because he's once again being told that like everything he's done has been fucked up and this one's probably going to die. No, that's when they were working on Mary. He was working on Mary while they're telling him this. And he spazzed the fuck out and leaves and leaves Mary's back wide open. Oh, then that it was the other way around to go work on Floella. Yeah, to go work on Floella. And then he's like, oh, well, I want to do a craniotomy on Floella, which essentially, for anybody who doesn't know what that means, I had to look it up. He wanted to drill a hole in her skull to relieve pressure. The pressure of blood. Which is fine, but the hospital's like, oh, we don't have the shit to do that. Like, And yes, that's something that's done, and it's done a lot. Yeah, but but that's done only out of necessity. To do that. Like, this and wasn't a situation from the get-go. It, this shouldn't have been a situation that, that like, required that. Had he done the spinal surgery the right way, he wouldn't even have to do that. But the fact that he was like, oh, it's fine. I'll use whatever the fuck y'all have. Like, what? Yeah. No. Well, everybody swore up and down. Everybody said to flat the fuck out that this man was high this day when he was decided yeah. to pay ring around the rosy with these two poor women. Um, Floella ends up dead. Floella ends up dead, and Mary Euford um, ends up paralyzed. Ends up yeah. paralyzed? No, 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 no. 
Um, so, well, no, she does end up paralyzed. She ends up paralyzed. Yeah. Mary goes on a tantrum and lets everybody know. So the CEO of the hospital comes down and takes a look at Mary and sees that she has, apparently the CEO, CEO has some medical training and can tell off rip that something was wrong. Mm-hmm. So the CEO um, ended up contacting a very trusted friend to come in and help to try and like savage, salvage like the surgery. Yeah. Um, when he learned about Christopher's mistakes, he ended up bringing a fucking camera in and recording every last action. Of he it, very much was every like, last bit. Ain't, hey, y'all ain't never gonna believe this bullshit. Let me right. show you exactly what the fuck is going on. And honestly, with that level of damage, I would want to have that just as just as precaution for myself. Yes, because I very much would need to protect myself in this because it's like, y'all not about to say I did any of this shit because this shit is wild and there's no right. way one person did all this damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he says that Christopher Dunch is an imposter and he kind of he compares to opening Mary back up as to like a box of Tinker Toys, which is yeah. really fucked up. Like she's just got bone shards and fragments all over the goddamn place. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that he obviously had no basic knowledge of human anatomy. Um, he sent uh, Dunch's picture to uh, UT, the University of Tennessee, to determine if he actually had that degree yeah. from that institution. And they said, nigga, yes, with a sad face. Mm-hmm. Um, not only did he have a medical degree, in fact, yeah, he had that medical degree. Um, he called the fellowship advisor to Memphis, and they all said the exact same goddamn thing. It, they all said the exact same goddamn thing. However, he did learn that um, Christopher Dunch at one point was in the impaired physicians program, which is essentially rehab for physicians. Um, and even despite, even despite these surgeries like going awry, um, hospital officials are still not required at this point to report to the National Practitioners Database at any time. Like not at any time. Because through this whole, through all this, everything I've read about this case and other cases like this, because I definitely look to see how frequently this happens. I found way more cases than I was comfortable with, but it's like my thought the whole time was like, so at what point are y'all required to report? Right. Well, they said that at the time that um, if a doctor has temporary privileges that they didn't. Yes, if the doctor has temporary privileges, you don't have to report. But then you go back to Baylor Plano. I just think if your doctor, if there's a doctor operating in your facility, you're required you to You should be required to report if some shit goes haywire. Right. Because you've just you opened know, like, Now, again, it, there oh, is... Niggas are nicking today. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, area is wild right now. But it's Jesus. like, there's definitely... Yes, again, you have to take in and understand there is a level of calculated risk when it comes to surgery and there is a level of risk that everyone is made aware of when they're talking about surgery this is true we understand it 
We recognize that anytime somebody cuts you open in any capacity, there's a level of risk. Anytime you put under anesthesia, there's a level of risk. But as medical professionals, y'all know the line between calculated risk and malpractice, and y'all still aren't reporting. Yeah, and this isn't this isn't even this I couldn't even consider this as being malpractice. There's a certain unknowingness of it. Beyond that, to yeah, this is intentional. This is yeah, this this goes into like like criminal charges. Like you're intentionally causing bodily harm and or death. Like malpractice is kind of like manslaughter in that way. You Mal- know what I mean? Malpractice is like shit got away from you. That's this, what I mean. Yeah. You walked into the room knowing you didn't know what the fuck was going on and you said, fuck it. I'm like playing this shit like some tinker toys. This is different. This nigga said, etch a sketch, bitch wear. Right. This this motherfucker really walked in like your spine was Lincoln Lords and he just gonna put some shit where the fuck he put it. Like, yeah. Well, after he ends up leaving the Dallas Medical Facility, he ends up getting privileges yet again at Southampton Community Hospital, also in Dallas. Now, Southampton Southampton Community Hospital is the, like, gunshot wound hospital. Like, he's in the middle of the hood. It looks a mess. Like, it probably should have been condemned a couple times over. Like, this is the, the hospital where they take you when you got shot. This is the hospital that don't call the cops when niggas come in stabbed. This is the this is the hood hospital. At the same time, he's also doing um, <coughs> outpatient clinic work at Legacy Surgery Center. Yeah, um, those surgery centers have always freaked me out. It's like pain management clinics. They've always kind of freaked me out. I've always felt like shady shit happens at those places. Probably yeah. doesn't. But this is not helping the case. Those surgery centers are just supposed to be for like non-invasive. Yeah, like super outpatient. Like yeah, like make sure there's like a day. Um. Now we meet Jeff Cheney. Who? Okay. When Jeff Cheney was talking about his pain, and his wife was like, "Yeah, we couldn't handle his pain anymore," and he looked at her like, "Bitch, I died." He was being a crybaby, and she's she was being an asshole. She's like, we. She said we couldn't handle his pain anymore. (laughs) Bitch, (laughs) died laughing. He was. She was very much like this crybaby ass nigga over here. I'm not doing it. Y'all gonna have to do something about it, (laughs) right? Um, he ends up. Um, (laughs) he ended up severing his spinal cord. As always, same MO. Um, Jeff was left without the feeling on his right side. Not only that, but he also still has trouble walking. He talks about the inability to pick up his own grandchildren. He has six, three daughters. He used to be a very active man. Now he um, is kind of essentially confined to his home. Uh, Jesus. Then it wasn't even just him. Because at the same facility, we also, and also by way of the documentary, get to meet Marshall Muse. Yes. Marshall was having issues uh, with his back. And um, this is the one he, one of the many that he left surgical hardware in. 
Yes. And it was floating to a point where it, if you touched it, it moved in his body. Yes. He woke up in pain. Christopher Dunch convinced him that it was normal as always. And then he prescribed he Percocet. Really, just so the listeners get a real, real view as to what was happening. He's leaving surgical hardware in like soft tissue. Yes. So it's essentially it's like literally floating in the body. Stuck into your muscles. Stuck into like your, you know, like all that like random thoughtless. It's not bone. So all that the muscles, the ligaments, the tendons, all that shit around the bone. He's like leaving metal pieces and or bone fragments sticking into that. Yeah. It's, it's like, like literally shards. walking around with like a knife sticking in your back. This man really like literally was a fucking butcher and was allowed to operate for, I think it it actually, it works out totally to being a good solid two and a half year period. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. But most of this, it's like all told, he had privileges for about a year and a half, maybe two years. But most of these, I think almost all of these occurrences happen in like a six to eight month period. Yeah, there's a break. There's a break in a yeah, because he like between them, all of them, and like the last guy. Yeah, because he he's like not operating for a while while he's seeking privileges. Like he can still get privileges places though, but he just yeah. isn't. Well, he ends up subscribing, uh, subscribing, prescribing. Uh, Tex is Marshall's nickname. Yeah. He ends up uh, prescribing him two Percocet every two hours. So this man was taking 24 Percocets. It's a wild well, amount like, of pain medicine. Like, right, in his waking insanity. time. Which he wasn't, that wasn't a waking time. And I don't understand how he got that first prescription. Because he talks about I the pharmacist know. trying to reveal it that second time and being like, so uh, no. and the reason why I understand why he got the first prescription because they usually do the first one in the hospital. But that should have been that should have been a flag. But right then and there. You know, but because he has a because there is oversight. There's supposed to be he, oversight over him. Yes, there is. But he also has a history of berating nurses and pharmacy techs. And there, I mean, I'm not saying it's right, and I'm definitely saying that there's a lack of oversight and also a lack of enforcement when it comes to the rules, because it feels to me like this pharmacy tech was like, I don't get a pay, paid enough to deal with his shit. That should have been... That should have been a immediate pass up the chain of command. Yeah, pharmacist. But clearly, see the thing like, is, oh, like, this is obviously too much. I'm passing this to my pharmacist. And to my, yes, my manager that is true. But you see this in every single industry where you know your supervisor is not going to support you in the way that they should. So you just don't even say anything, and you let the shit go. Now they nagging around me. <laughs> yeah, I can hear that. Yeah, I don't. It's in the building. It's I don't know if it's upstairs or downstairs. But it's mad loud, but it's like I think it's downstairs. Either way, it is hella loud. But it's like 
when you because I mean it it happened literally every industry like you I mean you're a bartender like when there's a patron who's clearly overserved and you're like I'm not gonna serve them anymore and they call yeah. the scene if you know that your manager isn't going to support you in the way that they should you may not serve them but somebody else might yeah, I put that responsibility on management and then it's like if this is somebody it's, that's no, it very much still falls on the management, the hospital administration, the all the governing bodies. It still does. It's not the fault of the pharmacy tech whatsoever. But this is where the lack of oversight, the lack of consequences come into play because all he gotta do is threaten to get his lawyers and everybody fucking folds. And that was something that they continued to talk about too, was like mm-hmm. him and his like the threat of threat of lawyers all the time. Mm-hmm. Like all the goddamn time. Um so fucking so he ends up prescribing this medication to this to to Marshall. Marshall ends up, of course, spiraling into opioid addiction because the man is in fucking pain and being and prescribed two, two Percocet fucking Percocet every two hours. Two Percocets every two fucking hours is wild. That's insane. Ridiculous. Most uh, average prescription is like four Percocets a day. And you're talking about two every two fucking hours? Like, the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Like, he's taking, like, something around, like, 48 Percocets a fucking day. If it's in a 24-hour period, yeah. His 12-hour waking is 24. 48, yeah. Even even if we're talking about just the 16 hours that people are normally awake... That's 32 Percocets a fucking day. Yeah. Most people don't take that. Most people that are prescribed Percocets don't take that in a month. No. Um, and I hate to say it. I don't want to say he he made out lucky, but compared to like some of the other ones that happened, um, like he after, even after. Compared to like some of the other people. Well, while still um, under the umbrella of um, Southampton, he cut out Jacqueline Troy's vocal cords, severed an artery, and poked holes through her trachea. He um, cut she out can't her speak. vocal cords, thinking it was a tumor. She's oh no, that's a different person. Oh, sorry, that was a different guy. He's done so much. Like that's a different, yeah. Um, she ended up having to be fed through a feeding tube, um, and sometimes the food would end up getting in her lungs because of this shit. Um, Christopher Dunch still said he still re- retained his privileges at Southampton. And that's when the new owners came and named Southampton University. University, yeah. Um, when he then uh, ended up applying for privileges at uh, Methodist Hospital in Dallas, they ended up reporting his ass soon after because of uh, Christopher Dunch's final victim, thank God. Um, Jeff Gidwell. Jeff was going in having just a basic routine surgery because he was in a motorcycle accident and had issues with his neck. Mm-hmm. Um, Christopher Dunch end, it ended up uh, mistaking neck muscle for a tumor. Yes. And instead of immediately stopping the operation, closing him back up 
and consulting a specialist in that realm of, hey, these are the things that I see. He right. decided to try to cut it out and cut out a piece of his motherfucking esophagus. esophagus and slicing an artery. So yeah. the man was bleeding out. And this nigga pretty much just stuck a maxi pad in this nigga's throat. <laughs> Zipped him up and sit him on his fucking he way. Stuck a bunch of sponges in there and said, oh, you good. But it's like, first of all, you can't leave surgical sponges because... And people, no, septic shock. It, becomes a breeding ground for fucking bacteria. Yeah, they tell you that on the box on the tampons. Box. Like, they tell you that on the box of tampons. Between toxic shock and anything fucking else, this motherfucker could have ended up with literally anything in his fucking neck. Yeah, and he did because this. It's, the blood can't go anywhere. No, it doesn't have a place to... And he did this with the nurses and like everyone in the operating room was like, hey, it's like, hey, this, this, um, he's like, it's all right, sell it. Can't leave that there. You can't leave that there. He's like, nah, we good. We good. Now, mind you. Now, I, another reason why I was so invested in this is because I have had my own botched medical situation, right? So mine was definitely way more minor than this. I, because I am prone to getting abscess, especially under my arms and things, this, whatever, go with me. It might be a little bit of TMI, but just follow me. (laughs) So I'm prone to getting them. Like it's very common. I always have, and a lot of people in my family do, right? So I had a really large one under my arm. And I had to go to the hospital to get it lanced. The petty party wants to say what hospital this happened at, but I'm not going to. So I go, I get, they cut it, they drink. First of all, they cut, when they cut it, they cut an inch and a half above and an inch and a half below. Now, mind you, there's a ton of major nerves in your armpit, which is why a lot of people like to stay away from that area because it's like a nerve center, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm in excruciating pain because I have no, there's no numbing, nothing, no nothing. They just slice. And it's an inch and a half above and below. And then they squeeze it and then pack it with gauze, right? Oh, yeah. They never take the gauze out. Oh. I ended up going to... They didn't give you gauze for you to swap it out yourself? No, nothing. Nothing. I ended up having to... I ended up going... Because I didn't even know the gauze was still in there because I actually passed out because I went into shock from the pain. So I didn't even realize the gauze was still in there. They didn't give me anything, literally nothing. I ended up buying, you know, like little stuff to like take care of it because I know how to treat a wound. Now, mind you, I don't know this gauze is in here. So about three weeks later, it's still hurting. So I go to my doctor and my doctor is like, oh no, like there's three week old gauze in here. Right. 
So now my doctor is trying to get as much out as he can without having to cut it again. Because yeah. of that, it's already started to never heal. Close. I still to this day have a hole under my arm. This happened when I was 19. <sighs> so I granted on a much, 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 much more minor scale than anything that happened to these people. But this is because of what's happened to me through the medical industry and everything like that. That's why I got so invested in this case, because there's no way that doctors should have not known that you cannot leave gauze in someone for three fucking weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And in the case of this man, it was literally only a few days, maybe three days. Right. And by that time, three days in, he went septic. Mm-hmm. Um, other doctors had discovered the sponge. Christopher Dunch refused to return to help. Um, and after a couple of days, Kirby, Dr. Kirby, the one we were talking about earlier, who becomes yeah. a little prominent in the second half of this, I was rushing into to repair the damage. And he flat, I was like, This nigga tried to kill you. Yeah, he was like, He tried to decapitate you, he tried to cut your head off. Mm-hmm. And uh, you might want to, uh, pursue charges or like uh, to the point that he asked him like did y'all have like history do y'all know each other like because mm-hmm. it looked very very targeted and intentional yeah and he well the one the 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 downsides of this is that um still to this day he's only able to eat small bites of food at at, at a small bites of food at a time which and is good because you don't want to choke anyone yeah he can't talk <laughs> No, I would. I'm not surprised by that, considering that the airflow, the drying, uh, like it, just too much. Um, and this is what really finally got um, Christopher Dunch to leave University General. Mm. Um, I think this is a good stopping point. Uh, we should yeah. pick up with the like the actual case, the charges, because even yeah, more comes out along the- that way. This was good for the backstory. We can get more into the actual like police part and kind of his spiral next week. Yeah, because that alone was that enough itself was two episodes. And we didn't really yeah. talk much about like his personal life, but his personal life at this point becomes um more important to the yeah. story, overarching story. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I'm gonna wrap this up because I gotta poop because I ate dairy. And I'm kind of regretting it, but it was worth it. All right. I, <laughs> I ate ice cream and I've been trying not to poop. I've been farting this whole time and I've been trying not to poop. So it's okay. Different. You could have kept all of this to yourself, but <laughs> <laughs> look, if if Asha Kutcher can talk about not washing his children, I can talk about having a good old healthy poop. Okay. Oh, there we go. All right, y'all. I want right, to wrap bye, this up. Y'all. Have a good night, y'all. Ooh, I gotta go. <laughs>